Carnival personnel was recorded in the dank, moldy basement. Joe and Jacques, it's Carnival personnel. Joe and Jacques, to their wives this show is their personal hell. Well, the show sounds the same every single week. Pats are great, Trump is lame, and Joe barely speaks. Who you think still listening? Who you think still listening? Besides Jim and Biff, yeah. And don't forget Richard. Here's a random review. No one cares about you two, Joe and Jacques. Joe and Jacques, Joe and Jacques, Joe and Jacques. Yeah. Thank you. No, I'm a Caputo. I am from a very small town in New Jersey. My town is so, Jersey? Jersey? Who's Jersey? Jersey City. All right, well, we'll talk. I'm not that kind of Jersey. Anyway, my town is so small and so Italian, it should be a meatball. I, but I didn't fit in. I was different than the other kids. I got picked on a lot. Because even though my dad was Italian, my mom was from Canada. So I grew up saying some pretty weird shit. Like, how you doing, eh? You guys want to go oot and a boo? I'd kick a kid's ass and I'd be like, I'm sorry. It was like, it was like being bipolar, right? Like, I didn't, I, you know what it's like to be the polite kid in New Jersey? It's lonely. Hello, and welcome to Carnival Personnel Sideshow. I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. And uh, Joe, uh, as you know, my, my trip to the homeland was a wild success. And of all the fun and awesome mics I got to do, the the first night, the second night I actually landed, it got there Thursday, but with Saturday night, I got to do the showcase, which we've already talked about on last week's episode, so I won't bore everybody with, but it was at um, Tao Comedy. And the highlight of that was just a lineup of people who made me laugh from start to finish, starting with the guy, Chris, who Chris and Bobby own the place. Chris hosted the show. Bobby Oliver went up, you know, midway through the show. It was great. But I met a bunch of comics while I was out there who really made me laugh. And some of them are actually uh, willing to come and talk to us ab about the comedy scene and their stuff. So I won't keep babbling and do my 20 minute intros like I sometimes do <laughs> that you admonish. So let's just say hello to Lauren. I see. See, now I'm even looking at it frenetically. Don't help him. Get, Don't help. Don't help. Don't. I won't learn if I don't fall down. Chaputo. Mm, Close. Almost. You know what? I'm, I'm going to take it. Do you ever watch Oranges of the New Black? Yes. Did you ever watch that? Okay. Do you know the, 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 cop, the cop, the warden in there? Yes. Caputo. Caputo. Joe Caputo. Yes. And I should. Will, yeah. I was close. I, uh, I could be related. I don't know. But you were very <laughs> close. And you get a sticker. I, you just, for your efforts. So we'll get right into it. Uh, Lauren, how long have you been doing this crazy stuff? You know, it's really funny. Like, I've been going, I've been, I call it like dipping my toe in and out for like 10 years. Uh, and the reason is because, you know, with, with comedy, um, when you start out, you have to start out. It's, it's a, it's a lot of grunt work. You got to do a lot of mics. You got to do a lot of shows. Um, and I had, um, that going on. And then I had a wife going on being like, so can you make some money please or something? So it's like, so I've been doing it for a while actually, but I just started to kind of re insert myself again to get to get really going at COVID I actually stopped doing it for a while because I, the zoom stuff for me I was just like I do this at work all day like I don't want to zoom comedy you know what I mean so but but yeah 10 years about on and off and and and, and when you started where did you start where is home home is not Los Angeles I assume for anybody well, I mean, now it is for me, but we're, we're very transient. So I started in San Francisco and I had a great teacher. Um, his name is Curtis. He teaches at the SF comedy college. And I, 
you know, it's so funny because it's like you don't really realize like the anatomy of a joke. I just thought I was funny. Right. So I went, I started, I learned from him. I did comedy in a basement of an Irish pub. And it was amazing because, you know, in the beginning, if people come or not, you're, you're down in a basement on the way to the bathroom. And sometimes we would just have people because, you know, the giants were on upstairs <laughs> and they would just come to the bathroom and they would laugh and then they would go to the bathroom and then leave. So, but it was, it was great. It was, it was really fun. It was a great supportive group. Um, so yeah, I started in San Francisco actually. And is that where, you, where did you grow up? I grew up in South Jersey. So, you know, my, you know, we're talking about being Italian. Like my, my town is so Italian. Like how Italian is it? <laughs> it should be a meatball. Like I'm five, four and I'm considered very tall. So it's, it's very, there's a lot of Caputo's in, in my town. Like you would go and say, Oh, do you know Caputo? They would know. They would know. So you've only been on three episodes of the Sopranos, right? <laughs> There actually was a Caputo who died in the Sopranos. And of course, like, I mean, I don't, you guys call it the Sopranos. I call it home movies. You know what I mean? It's, it's, not, it's very familiar. And I'm just like, ah, mm -hmm. I know those guys with no necks. Well, it's it's funny. We were talking about all, all this stuff before about my the the woman who, you know, married my uncle married. And again, he got married late in life. I didn't. I didn't put the pieces together, you know, so my mom and her family is just, you know, we're, we're, we're all the other nations of like Northern Europe, like, you know, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, England, you know, yeah. the same island, um, but just variations. But I didn't really, I wasn't smart enough to put the pieces together till I was like 10, 11, to about 10 or 11, I kind of started to figure it out. But every other weekend, I went to my uncle's house. His very Italian wife would just make tons of food. And the phone would ring Sunday morning nonstop right until the football was kicked. And then nothing until about yeah. the fourth quarter, the start of the fourth quarter. And then it would ring off the hook until... The, the, the ball was kicked. And then we spent Sunday night driving around Everett and Revere and, and you know, these, these cities, you know, just outside of Boston. Uh, he was a middleman for a bookie. And he was a very, very, very – he was the guy who yep. went and collected. And, yep. uh, and he had but the car. I don't car. understand where you're going with this because we're talking about Italian people. <laughs> and I'm not sure – Yeah, we don't do that. And, yeah. That's and, no, no. So, so what does one have to do with the other? You just want um, you just made a gigantic leap. No, no. I'm just talking yeah. about what a sports fan Michael was, and he just wanted to go oh, because right. back yeah. then there wasn't cell phones, so he just wanted to go and make sure his buddies had seen all the same highlights that he did that <laughs> night. So, yeah, so, absolutely, and make sure they were financially uh, well off. Yes. <laughs> I so I grew up Italian adjacent and, and my best friend growing up next door was Italian. And then, you know, I also say to people now that I'm Jewish adjacent because my wife has been a long time nanny. We're talking like many, many years for three different Jewish families raising their kids, you know. Um and, and, and so, yeah, so it's it's so I have no culture of myself, but I've tangentially, you know, and then and, and, and then, you know, I have a Portuguese friend who I do a podcast with. Oh, oh yes, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I've been mistaken for Italian. You know, like, it's like, what are you? Yeah, you know? yeah, you, 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 yeah. You look, you look a little dark. You can, like, you can yeah. pass. You're passing. I got the all, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm Mediterranean. I'm, I'm close enough. But, yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, honestly, nobody would. If you just say you're Italian, Italian, be like, all right, when you're in. That's it. <laughs> so you, that's you all grow you need. You grew up in New Jersey, and so w at what point do you get out to California? And what made you say one day, I can do that? You know what's crazy? Um, so I actually, and this is when my dad refers to the time I ran away from home. Um, I went to college. Uh, I went to Arizona. I actually went to Arizona. I don't, Arizona. I think it was the furthest I could go where my parents were like, I'm not paying California prices. So I went to Arizona. I met my wife. She moved to San Francisco and then I followed her and, but she knew I wasn't stalking her. Okay. Like Thank you. I'm writing that down. Just clarification. Yeah. Okay. She, she, she was aware that I was coming. Um, and then I just, you know, I just was like, I, by trade, um, I do learning and development. So I was doing training, like corporate training. And I realized I didn't 
care if people learned anything or not. I like when they laughed at my jokes. Like, that's <laughs> why I liked it. Like, I didn't care. Like, I'm like, at the end, you know, it was like, what did you learn? And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't give a shit. But how did you think my joke landed? Was it good? <laughs> so, like, well, maybe now that I'm becoming, you know, middle-aged and that crisis kind of creeps in, you know, I was like, let, let, you know, let's see what this is about. So I, like I said, I had a lot of fun doing it in, in San Francisco and, and, and the city and stuff like that. So, but yeah. And then I just, you know, as then we moved down here to kind of make it a, a, a thing, like have a go at it, like for, for real. And it's, it's, uh, it's crazy uh down here but i'm I, like i'm enjoying it because i like it it's like the high you get like i there is no other feeling than making so i mean you guys know right like you make somebody like you get that laugh it's it's better than anything on the planet did you do any open mics before you took the class or did you say let me let me learn this and then go out and try it well that's I grew up from teachers. So again, I think it's, I went to school, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I went, I learned how to write a joke and then I did, and then I did mics and then I was like, okay, let's, let's see how this lands. And, and the funny thing is, is that one, a joke wasn't what I thought it was, first of all, but the second thing that I, you know, I kind of learned is to mostly be present and to trust my instincts. You know what I mean? A little bit more like, you know, I was taught like doesn't even matter if you forget the punchline as long as you're present. Everything else can you can make something happen, right? If that makes sense. And yeah. and uh, were there were there any people along the way that like uh, did it, I, I guess it's inspired the right word? Were there any comedians that you really liked that you thought I kind of have in a similar cadence or I kind of like that you know or oh. just somebody that you're like you know what I want to do that kind of comedy. Yeah, if I could be Michelle Wolf, I would be Michelle Wolf. Michelle Wolf, did you, did you ever hear her seal bit? Yes. That she does? I could watch that 12 times and I just die. I think she's so clever. Um, also, like, I, and I do love, like, you know, of course, like the Amy Poehler's Tina Fey's, you know, out there, but I like that smart kind of flip it like test your assumptions kind of comedy a little bit um and i also really enjoy watching well ali wong is hilarious to me and also fortune feemster i actually saw fortune feemster um in san francisco before she was famous i got a picture with her me and my wife we got a picture with her this is right when she was still on chesley handler it was a little club it wasn't even anything and like now i watch like saltines and i just die like I feel, I feel, yeah, that's kind of like my brand, but Michelle Wolf is, I think she's hilarious. Have you ever been drawn to sketch comedy at all or improv or anything like that? Or is it strictly stand up? I suck at improv, um, <laughs> probably because I don't like to share, <laughs> but I had, I did do improv. I I've done improv, um, both in Long Beach and I've done it in LA and I, uh, one time I was actually auditioning to, you know, you have to go up on levels and improv and the first, and the thing that they tell you is don't kill a dog. That's what, like, you can't do certain things like an improv and killing a dog is one of them. And I went on stage and I killed a dog and I got booed. Like literally the whole (laughs) place booed me. I'm just not that when people do improv, like they're smarter than me. Like, I'll just say that. Like I, I, I know what I'm going to say when I go on stage and you know, you just like, you just play with the flow and it's a one it's, it's just me, but yeah. Improv is, um, I have a lot of respect for people who can do that. Yeah. I tried improv way back and I, I took an improv class and mm-hmm. I think I was more no, but than yes. And you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah. you're like actually making the scene not happen. Right. You're like, how can we dismantle the scene? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Jacques, I'm like the guy who goes, <laughs> no, no. Oh, the the last name of the first baseman is what? His name is James what? And or you know, who you know who Well, I see the first? confusion. Yeah, right. Oh, I right. see the confusion. Yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Uh no, that's and, and so how long were you doing in San Francisco? And, and were you getting like like showcases? Were you getting like book things? Or do you, what made you say, 
okay, there's a good scene here now, but I got what it takes to really go where you have to go. Ah, that's a good question. I mean, you know, like I was, it was more showcases and things like that. Like I wasn't getting booked and I kind of thought like, you know, I always, you know, from a child, um, the best day of my life was when my dad brought home my VCR. Um, and it was during Easter and everybody was at my house eating Easter eggs. And I wasn't, I wasn't finding Easter eggs with the other children. I was inside because my dad brought home um, the last unicorn and I had to watch it. So I've always been drawn to Los Angeles. Okay. So I don't think it, I don't think it was like, I have enough chops to come to LA. It was more of like, you know, San Francisco is a smaller scene um, with comedy and, you know, I loved it there, but I just, we just wanted to try something different and kind of like, okay, let's see what where this takes us. And, and your wife was like, yeah, let's do this. I, she did. I That's because great. um yeah, I I she actually was like, um, I don't think so. Like when she, we got here, she's like, I, I don't I don't like LA. And now she's such a Kings fan that we have to live within a certain proximity to crypto. So, you know, I don't think I don't think we're ever living in LA. Like even if I don't make it or not. <laughs> I, I, I will not go down into the rabbit hole of the LA Kings, but uh yes, that's the only team I adopted while I was out there. Uh, you know, you know, our other co host of uh, the other co host of this, you know, my, my buddy Biff, who's been my goalie on the same team in LA since like ninety six, ninety seven. For my I'll just tell you this one quick story. You know, one of my best friends was the first stick boy of the Kings in nineteen sixty six. He's oh. he a partner. And he came he he came to the show that we did at Tayo. You know, he's oh yeah. He's been my defensive partner literally for almost thirty years. And he's a couple years older than me. And Biff, on my birthday, June eleventh, twenty twelve, called and said, Do you want to go to the game tonight? And I'm like, uh-huh. And John had season tickets and we went, but Biff and I were in the building when the uh, Kings won their first cup in, in 2012. It was oh, one nice. of the greatest. It was like probably seven or eight of my like 14 person hockey team was there. So yeah. So the Kings are the one team and that, yeah. and that, that, that I love. Did, did she come from a hockey family or from the wow. West? And this is me because I oh. so I used to I grew up with Flyers right like we went you know to the Flyers game my dad used to take my dad used to take us to the Flyers game but I couldn't get up you know how it, like in intermission you get up and get yep. candy whatever my dad was like sit down you're gonna sit down throughout the whole thing and I was like Jesus I gotta pee but anyway we, it was COVID and there was like nothing on and I'm like oh like let's I think you'll like hockey let's try hockey and now all the she's obsessed. That's great. Uh, the fact, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tell her that about the stick boy that oh. came to the. Gonna be like, oh my god, who is it? And, and try to find it. Oh, so, was- I, if I can find the picture, I'll post it when I post this. So, when they won the cup in 2012, when they did when uh, when the first game of the 2012-2013 season, they had a big presentation over at LA Live mm-hmm. where the cup was yeah. and everything. My yeah. buddy. And the other stick boy from 1966 car- carried the cup from LA wow. Live across the street, and they handed it to uh, to Robertie, and I forget who uh, who was the other the wow. other. And, and it's like yes, so so, and then and in Joe knows this, and you know, so for it, it's well beyond before you got into it, but we moved out of LA in 2014, but from about 2006 to 2014, every Tuesday morning, I played. At El Segundo, where the Kings practice rink is, with a bunch of ex-Kings like Marty McSorley and uh, Kopitar's oh. brother and dad played. His dad, which, you know, it's funny because his dad, I think, is two years older than me. And it's like, yeah, he could probably play double-A hockey here at that point. Like, he was, dad was wow. good. Like, you That's know, because Kopi at the time was like 22, 23. So dad was only 42, you know, yeah. and, and just... Anyway, sorry about a sidebar. So, so the wife was supportive. She comes down. And yeah. what was the game plan when you got to town? I'm just going to hit every mic. Do you have any contacts in the community? No, I didn't. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, how do I start? So I always go back to, okay, I got to go back to the basics, right? Because 
So we came down. I We actually lived in Long Beach. We didn't know what we were doing. We just picked a place to live in Long Beach. And I thought like, oh, I could drive to LA. That didn't last very long, by the way. Now I live in LA. But um, I actually started at Flappers again. So I actually went back, you know, do a couple sessions, did a couple of showcases at Flappers, started getting booked at Flappers, kind of tightening up my set, right? Like, and being like, okay, what's working? What's not from the bookings I was getting at Flappers. And then I was like, you know what? I think it's now time. And I just started, you know, calling bookers and I just, and it, it was crazy. Like I went from like, this insecurity of like, oh my gosh, am I good enough to like branch outside of, um, cause Flappers is a pretty d- developmental club, right? Like it's, it's, you know, they do a lot of, it's kind of like Dow comedy, right? Like they do a lot of showcases. They do a lot of, you know, um, beginning comics. And I was like, and I finally, um, right before COVID hit, I was like, okay, it's time to, t- it's time to branch off. I have a tight set. Um, now I can move on. And then COVID hit. And I was like, I stopped because I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I like the crowd. Like I like the energy. I like mess. I'm not messing with people, but I like interacting with people doing the crowd work and stuff like that. So when COVID started dying down, I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to start. I actually looked at a couple of comedians that I had met. I did the Burbank comedy festival in 2018. I got best of the fest. And then I, that's huge. Oh, thanks. Um, I'm doing it again this year um, and I'm doing NoHo. In fact, next weekend they're overlapping. That's going to be a fun drive for me. But anyway, <laughs> but um, so I started following, you know, comedians that I met and they're really nice and they talk to me and stuff. And I'm like, okay, Peter's performing at this club. Peter and I, you know, I, I, I did some comedy with him. I think, you know, we're, we can be on the same level. Like, I'm like, I feel comfortable let me call that booker. Right. And then that's how I started building out like different clubs to start performing at. Um, and then, you know, now I, and and now like submitting to more festivals and things like that. I did Palm Springs when it was virtual. Um, but I'm doing NoHo and flappers again. I didn't really get into the, the, when comedy was on zoom, I was kind of like, I'm just gonna take a break. (laughs) I just, I don't know. It just wasn't for me, but anyway. But yeah, I mean, that was my strategy. I just started following people and watching what they were doing and how how they were growing their careers. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I this sounds crass, but I'm like, okay, I'm as funny as that person. Like I, like we're like I, I think I can hold my own. Like you know what I mean? Because sometimes if you go, um, one time actually at Flappers, I went right after Whitney Cummings. <laughs> and um I forgot my set <laughs> because I went right after Whitney Cummings and she nailed it. And then so as the comedian, you go up and you're like, oh, I'm not that good. <laughs> so um yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, that uh, that's that's one of those things in Boston you hear that and it happens in LA all the time. Some big name will just drop into a place because they're working something out and no one's going to say, no, no, you can't go right up. And then uh, there, yep. there's so many people I've talked to who've been like, yeah, I'm not following that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm exactly. good. When, 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 when the two people I saw before that person went up, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm as good. I might even be better than, yeah. you know, those guys. But yeah. then somebody like that comes in and it's like, no, see, you guys have got the wrong attitude. I. If, I, if it were me, I'd have such bad material and I'd have such low confidence in myself. I'm like, yes, now I can finally just bomb. Like I can bomb, I can be, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to follow, you know, Dave Chappelle or Whitney Cummings or somebody like that. Yeah. Now I can just bomb and, it, and then I can just blame them. It's like, well, I had to follow, you know, okay. Whitney yeah. Cummings for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah, I, I, I kind of did do that. I actually said, I just forgot my set, you guys. And my set was about being on a diet. I said, I'm such on a diet right now that, I forgot my set and that actually got a laugh, but I, it was mostly because I was like, how do I do that? How do I, I, again, she, and she was, she was, she was doing a Netflix special and she was working on her stuff, but that does happen in LA. I've seen, I've seen Tiffany Haddish just coming in and working. One time I was bumped so far down the lineup that it was like 10 30 
and it was the show was supposed to end people had been leaving so I actually got up in that show and I just said whatever I wanted I just didn't even care I didn't even care about my set at that time I was just like is there anybody else here and we'll just go from there so let's let's talk a little bit about your your style and stuff, uh, which I enjoyed yeah. immensely. And and it's funny because you know when I when I invited you today and I went back, I'm like, you know, because I saw I met so many comics, and when I saw the note, it's like my wife would have loved you. I'm like, yes, okay, now I remember like what the set was. And I think you all you had a dishwasher joke that yes. and, and, and that I had Joe, I had that on my set list, and I'm like. It's completely different, but how many dishwasher, yeah. but you have so much material and that's something that sometimes like I try to, I try to work out that I'm in a room, you know, I've been married for 20 years and there's so many times I'm in a room with comics who are barely 20 or yeah. people who are barely yeah. 20. And it's like, how does this resonate? You know, but, but you, you know, yeah. it's it, but your stuff was so relatable. I mean that you, you really killed it. And I really... I really got all the relationship jokes. I mean, it, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's, if it's a, what kind of relationship relationships after a certain amount of time, it doesn't matter. They're all the fucking matter. same. Yep. 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 And I think like, that's kind of like my POV, right? Um, I like to play with stereotypes and like flip them on its head. Right. Because I just noticed interesting things. Um, you know, when I was coming out, like I'm actually working on a set right now. Um, thinking about like making fun of straight people and having like straight people feel like we feel like when we have to come out to them all the time. But it's, it's, that's kind of my point of view because it's like, I also like, you know, throughout just my life. And I think like, I get what you're saying. Like, you're like, Oh my God, are you, did you graduate high school and you're out here and I'm like starting comedy in like my forties. Like, but I think at the same time, it enabled me to have, like the life experience that makes it relevant because I just, you know, my friends and family are always like, you know, and it's, it came from true life. Like people were like, Oh my God, you're so lucky to be in a same sex relationship. I'm like, well, I suck at it. So like, is there something <laughs> wrong with me? Because I suck. Like I, like you, you could ask my wife, like I, she was like, Mm-mm. like you, you don't know how to do the things that I guess women should do. So <laughs> I love playing with that idea because it's like this, this whole thing that people have these assumptions and they're, they're just not true either. Like I suck as a spouse and it doesn't matter my gender. Like I'm just a bad spouse <laughs> and that's just it period. No, I, and, and I think that's why your comedy, when I was sitting there, it's like, Oh my God, because I, I'm not a car guy. I don't fix it. Like so many people assume, you know, I, I'm a big guy. I was an athlete and all this stuff, but people must assume, oh, I'm your typical dad who fixes things when they break, right. you know, right. or, or knows how things work, <laughs> which I right. know nothing of that, you know, right. uh, I'm good at fixing right. things until they break. <laughs> so like, just... Well, it's, it's Joe will come over like, you know, uh, Joe and I's relationship is, is great. Uh, every time my wife travels for work and she travels around the world following Duran Duran and I'm not kidding. And every time she comes over, Joe comes over and we watch movies and, and TV shows from the 70s to like 3 a.m. But Joe will walk in the house and he'll get upset because this thing is still broke from the last time he was over. And it'd be like, right. you didn't fix. Well, I, and he's, he has just fixed things before because it bothers him that how, how, how do you put up with this being like that? And I'm like, I, I have, I don't have that chip. Low, low standards. Right. I learned low standards. Well, you know what? I think everybody should have those low standards. And then you're just surprised. You know what I mean? Like if you, you don't expect your partner to be competent and then when they do something, you're right. like, oh, okay. <laughs> then there you go. That's, that's, that's the, that's, that's the thing. But yeah. But that's why your humor about. really spoke to me. Cause it's a, it was, oh. it was about being in a relationship and being bad at the stuff that people assume you're supposed to be good at. And it, it killed. It absolutely killed. Oh, thank you. I, I have fun with it too, because you know, where, um, I also like, I'm, I'm thinking about playing with a set around like, you know, um, cause for gay people, we have to the time and, and straight people's reactions are just so fun because it's kind of like this anxiety that people have too. And they don't know what to say and what to do. And I just, you know, I, I just like people 
again, assumptions, people's reactions, and it's kind of like, man, like that's not it. Like, I don't know why you think that. I don't know why you think that. I don't know why you think that I know how to do laundry because I just don't. <laughs> anyway. No, and, and and it's funny because you know, and that that's that's you know. That's how we have raised our sons. We have just a lot of people from the different communities. We we move back here. My wife is, you know, like my Hyundai Santa Fe was made in Korea. Dad was in Boston. Mom was from Korea. We lived in a very diverse neighborhood in L.A. We lived in the country of Qatar where, you know, it was just great uh, for a lot of reasons. But when we moved back here, the town my brother and sister live in, everybody looks like me. Well, not yeah. this good, but it, it, it's you're either white or translucent, and we wanted to right. be in a place. And you know, there's just so many people in and my wife in my life's world that come from the different communities, and that's something that we've always you know kind of talked with the boys with and stuff like this. It's like, and and, and Joe and I always joke about it. It's like, so when did you choose to be straight? You like like right, exactly. just conversations that I never had to. You know, worry if my grandmother was going to love me. Well, I did, especially with my mom. My mom really likes the girl I went out with two girls ago. She hates no girls are good enough for me because, look, I mean, yeah. she's right. I mean, let's be honest. Listen, I mean, just the Batman shirt alone—that's <laughs> right. a standard. And, and 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 so, but those are those are the things. So when your humor does that, and. And it's it's great because you had so many of these misdirections where you're like, you know, and then I, again, I don't want to bring up any of the topics of the stuff you're doing, but you walk people down the street, yeah, and, and you and you play on the assumption that they're going because you gave yeah. you gave this much of the math problem and then that much of the math problem, yep. and you know what they're going to assume is the answer, but just at the last minute you throw in one more variable and it just it takes you for that side loop. So that was I yeah. That was a that was a really fun night, and so do you have? Are you one of these? This is my six, my one year, my two year plan. I just wrote. It's funny that you said that. I just literally wrote out not years but milestones, right? So I kind of painted a vision of you know what I want to achieve monetarily, um, and then the milestones to kind of get there. And for me, you know, stand-up comedy is not the only thing I'm interested in. You know, I'm also um, interested in, of course, writing. I feel like when you're in LA, like everybody's got a screenplay, you know what I mean? And everybody is an actor, you know what I mean? It's not just a comedian. So, um, but yeah, I did. I had, and I didn't do that for a long time. And I think it's because I really understand what you're saying when you're talking about the age, Right. So when I first started, I was like, I am so much older than these young motherfuckers. Like, and I actually, when we first moved here, I did a variation of my set down in um, the OC and it did not. Lesbian jokes just don't go over in the OC. I'll just Are tell you, you that. What? <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. And then, so I was just like, oh crap. Like, so I didn't really put any kind of goals in place. Cause I was like, I don't know if I'm good at this yet. Like, I didn't really start feeling like, okay, maybe I can actually do this. Like, maybe this is something that I am good at until I would say the last year, which is crazy, right? Like, and I think, you know, because I, I don't know about other comedians, but like, you just don't know. And it's like, you find out if you're good or not in, in real time, like, you know what I mean? And you have to go and adjust and be resilient enough to keep going but this is the like i'm telling you like this is the first year that i'm like yeah i, I could do this i can go i can because tau was my first 15 minute set actually i'm like okay i can do that now i can go and headline and book and like you know what i'm saying and travel and do all those things um but yeah i did do i did do the milestones um and i and i work towards it every day like i have these little incremental goals right um because if you don't, you just, I lost seven years to just like, oh shit, I need a job. <laughs> and then you work at your job and then you're like, God, that commute was really tiring. I'm just going to go and, you know, watch Love is Blind and like pass out in front of the TV. Right. But because you're, you just get lost in 
not the stuff you want to do, but the stuff you have to do, right? Isn't that a John Lennon quote or something like that? Life happens while you're making other plans. Or I don't know whose that thing is, but right, that that one. It's like you know, life gets in the way of the things you want to do, and it's all yeah. true. I'm afraid yeah. I I am reminded of the Onion headline: Day job officially becomes job. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I hate the Onion so much because they're always right. Like like it's like damn yeah. it. Yeah. No, it, it's 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 and and how often do you like will you hang that list on a wall till you remind it or will you in six months relook at the list or once you write it down you're like okay it's in my head this is what I'm going to do over the next I do I do like ninety day goals like right. ninety days like it's almost like I'm treating it like my job right like you know what I mean I'm treating it like. You know, when you're at your job, job, right? Like I got your corporate job, you have goals and you have whatever. I'm all, almost, I'm shifting my perspective to treat it like if I were like, if it were like time for me to eat, like, how do I eat? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do I forage? How do I fend for myself? So I do the the 30 day goals, but I just recently, I wasn't really hitting the 30 day goal. I'm sorry, 90 day goals. I was kind of like, nah, kind of not. And then I was like, okay, no, I got to get more specific on them. But yeah, I, and I look at them every day. Like, That's and I great. started, yeah. And I swim and a lot of, a lot of steps come to me while I swim. It's very weird. Like I'll be trying to work out a joke and I'm like, I'm just, it's just not that funny. And of course, I tell jokes to my wife, and none of them are funny to my wife. By the way, she'll, she'll always be like, she'll be like, eh. okay, so that's that's not a gay straight thing. That's a comedian, not that's comedian a, thing. Okay, that's a married yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a married thing because she's like, mm, it. You know what, honey? Why don't you start surprising me on stage? This is what she's starting. <laughs> oh man, that's just that's because you know, because you know, like when you first write a joke, it's not good. It sucks. And that's the other thing you have, like, again, I took me seven years to get comfortable with sucking. Does that make sense? Like, yep, you yes. have to be okay with sucking at stand-up. If you're not okay with sucking, you should not be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> so, but anyway, so I, yeah, I think about it while I'm swimming in the pool. I'm sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. No, but no. Yeah, look, every day, I look at my vision, like, of, of, I have, like, a monetary vision of what I want. Um, and I have a phrase, a little catchphrase that I've created for it. And I say it to myself all the time. No, I, 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 I always like to ask people because, A, what can I learn from these conversations? Because I'm a selfish prick. I like other comedians coming on. So I became like, I got to do that. I got to do that. But I do. I, I, if I don't set goals, because there's, no, there's nothing to set goals for. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's, if you don't set, and so two years ago, I, I wrote a script. I hadn't done one in a while. And I arbitrarily said, I got to be done on my birthday. I have the writer's draft. And yeah. it, and I had like four or five, and I had it kicking around in my head forever. And then it wasn't like a New Year's resolution as much as a, I, I want to do this by this time. This and it, And I got a little fanatical. But if I didn't hold myself accountable, nobody else will. So that's why it was great to hear that you readjust the 90 day. Now, when you're yeah. in the pool swimming and you get a joke, do you get out of the pool or do you no. just keep no. working it? No, no, I actually keep telling it to myself. And I don't know, like I, it might be that part of my OCD. Like, I don't know, like I keep repeating it or I keep being like, does it sound right? Does it sound right? But I'm telling like there's something about for me swimming that clears everything. Because first of all, when you're swimming, you have to think about surviving. Like you have to be present, right? You can't think about like all the other crap. Is this good? Is this bad? And it, it just allows your creativity to kind of flow through you. But no, I don't I don't get out. I just keep thinking through my set. And then all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, I just swam for 30 minutes. Now, during those 30 minutes, every old person at the Y has lapped me and I'm <laughs> swimming faster than me. But I, I still, yeah, I find it meditative, if that makes sense, because it, it, like, I don't know if this is for you, like when you're in your writing phase, like I, it's like I'm cranky, I'm terrible, like I don't want to really write stuff down, everything sucks. But then when I just get out of my own way, like it's almost like something comes through, if that makes sense. No, I, 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 I love the process. You know, I, I get ideas different times and I write them down and I usually think right away they're really great. And then I run it by Joe and he reminds me, nope, 
Right. No. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. your comedy wife, basically. It's like, nah. <laughs> No. Yeah. Maybe but, you should give up and quit. <laughs> something funny. That last joke I I said at Tao, my wife told me, "Do not do the Care Bear joke. Oh, do not do the Care Bear joke." And when I did it, and nobody laughed, and I was like, "Oh," and I was like, "Oh, you guys like." And that's the other thing that I have learned over my time in comedy. You got to use the moments. Every moment is a moment to make a laugh. And I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I. I pressed on your precious Care Bears. I literally, <laughs> I literally, as soon as we got in the car, my wife was like, I told you not to do that joke. And you did the joke and nobody laughed at you. It was dead sight. She was like, honey, you were great up until the Care Bear joke that I told you not to tell. And I'm like, yeah. There's I'm nothing like, worse than them being right. Like, like well, literally. Here's what I said. I said, honey, it just needs to be reworked. And I'm going to keep it. <laughs> because... She will not be right. Not in my house anymore. I'm kidding. It's funny because because when I started to get ready to do this, I started over Zoom, like over the pandemic. It's like, you know what? I haven't done this in 30 years. I'm going to – and I made Joe help me do it. So if you, if honestly, if you accidentally laughed at something I said that night, it 90% chance either Joe wrote it or punched it up to make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did the I did it and then finally I did a Zoom show and my wife said, Can I sit in it? It's the first time. And as soon as I was done, her big thing was like, You didn't mention me or my mom. We moved back from the Middle East to take care of my mom, my mom in law. And it was it was hard, but it was great. And my mom in law was just a walking character. And it was it was, you know, and her boyfriend of 30 years who lived with us spoke zero English. So it was, there was oh, wow. so much low hanging fruit right there. And, and right, I did, right. but I then it's zero Korean too, right? You no, say, right. spoke at all. <laughs> well, there is a, we, we uh, and it, and that joke always lands. I have a whole five minute thing about, you know, taking care of her and then him not speaking English. We did figure out about a year in after spending all this money on translation apps he's illiterate in Korean, you know? And yeah. And so oh my God. that so, is a punchline right there. He's illiterate in two, like, I've, you know, the whole joke goes, it's like, and, and then the day he's glaring at the Korean newspaper without turning a page. And I look to my wife and she says, yes, he's holding it upside down. That's when we realized he was illiterate in two languages, but she's like, you didn't put this in flash forward. Like, and, and Joe went to, I, she's only seen me three times because I won't let her go to anything but really nice book shows because out here you know it's 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 the open mics and stuff like that and there was a little bit of this in LA you know I did I, I went to a bunch of places there was a little bit but out here there's so much proud boy ish kind of punching yeah. down it's like I'm a comedian so I'm gonna go against it you know it's like like using the F word, not fuck, using the R word, you know, uh, yeah. be, being anti-woke is the new woke type stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm not subjecting her, you know, yeah. I mean, to, to, to that. But when I did do a show and I had this one bit and, and in my whole head, I'm like, oh, she might love or hate this because I didn't run it by her. And it's true. It's like I and, and Joe, it's a whole joke about being on a date and not know it. I a few years I in L.A., I, I owned a company and my part of running the company was taking clients out to lunch, drinks after oh, work, yeah, yeah. and taking people yeah. to the Kings game. Yeah, and, you 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 did that joke. Yeah, that's a real, that's really happened. And this girl who, a coworker, and it's like, and in my head, I'm like, oh man, how, because it was kind of, because I came home that night and said, by the way, I'm dating this person. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, her coworker told me all that and stuff like that. And it was awkward to tell my wife. It's like, hey, honey, I just accidentally went on a date. Yeah. So 10 years later, I'm doing that joke. And she's like, oh, and she thought it was funny. And I was like, is this opening up? a? Am I going to have to go through yeah. that whole kind of, well, how did you not know she thought you liked her? It's like, I didn't know you liked me. And you lived with me for six months before I figured it out, I thing uh so yeah have you had that with your wife where you've done a joke oh yeah yeah well i try to run things by her first because i there was actually i was doing a show i think it was like a month or two ago and if it's about her i run it by her but i was doing a show, a show and i was talking about um 
I was doing a Target joke because around Fourth of July, and I was doing a Target. It was right around when you know Target decides to pull the you know for Pride, right? Because my my joke was about, and this this happened like kind of happened in real life. Like I was like, it's so funny to me that they have the Pride stuff right by the like the Fourth of July stuff. Like that doesn't match. Like you know, so I was doing this whole joke around it, and my wife was in the in the front row. And her face, like she made a face and it threw me off. Like, I was just like, wait, what? what?" Cause she was like, she goes, I was afraid that you were going to say something really bad about white people. She was like, I was afraid of what you were going to say. So we have some of it, but like, so we've set boundaries. Like, for example, she can never sit in the front row, like ever again. Seeing your your spouse in this front row make a face at a joke you're about to tell is like a comedy emergency break. Like, oh no. Exactly. Well, and then after the show, she was like, you seemed really nervous. I'm like, uh, sweetheart, (laughs) because your face looked like, like she looked like she was going to like cry. Like she was like, oh shit. Like she had an amygdala attack in my set. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And am I going to get in trouble? And do I have to sleep on the couch tonight? Like what's happening? Yeah. But so, but I do, if the jokes are about her specifically, I do kind of like, I do run them by her because, um, you know, she's like, people are going to think that I'm the worst wife on the planet. And I'm just like, that's not true. They already know that about you. So, <laughs> what 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 what's, what's kind of helped me, and 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 and, and again, this is large part of Joe. Um, it's it's I might have been a different comedian. Not that I am a comedian. Uh, pre times up and move on. And mm-hmm. what I try to do now, and I make a real effort, and and I like I said, I I don't run by things by her. Uh, although she is next to Joe, probably the funniest person in my life. Like it's like painfully hysterical. Um, but they they have just their senses of humor. But like I've had some stuff where Joe's helped me turn it around and tell the exact same joke. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and and I, I might have done it that night. It's like when I talk about. They're only looking for what you're looking for, you know, somebody to grow old with, somebody to build a life with, somebody to nag so much that they want to rip their ears off. Is it how I first had had worked out the joke? But that's Mm -hmm. women are like this. Guys are like this. So I turn it around where, you know, it's like somebody who can relentlessly mansplain to them Star Wars, which made me the the butt of the joke versus her the butt of the joke. And it's not even her. It's like. A wife, a woman, a person in this position. Yeah. And and yeah. like I, I've worked hard to like if I am going to have jokes about us, you know, it, that, that I make it. OK, it's my not understanding or it's my inadequacies yeah. held yeah. up to the mirror that she's clearly the better, uh, which is which is the, the truth. You know, it's like yeah. it amazes yeah. our sons because they just found out like a little while ago. They they just assume we both went to college. She dropped out of college to take care of her dad. I only got to go to college because I could play hockey two years after. I flunked out of high school, played minor league hockey, and then went to college. And they're like, wait, you you have a college degree, but mama has the really good job and is a smart one. It's like, how does that work how out? That how that, yeah, the, how that happens. That's funny. And so, so I do, I, I, I don't run things by her as much as, as it's like, okay, how can I make sure that if she does come to a show and I, and I mentioned some, but, but then it was funny. Cause when I, I had added something about her mom, which was a good thing, which I forget what, what a side, cause I do, I absolutely, I, I love my mother-in-law so much. Our only, you know, it's the, our only sadness is the doctors gave us a five to seven year window and we lost her after two because we did such a bad job. But, uh, but, but like afterwards, she's like, oh, she had heard me do the routine before, but not that bit. And it just made her like really emotional for her mom. It's like, I wanted to laugh, but then all of a sudden I'm like, why am I crying? Everybody else is laughing, but they thought it was a joke. I know you were being, so it's interesting that you have that dynamic yeah. Um, and, and, and again, it, it's just so funny that we're, I'm older than you, but we're in these long-term things. So your sense of humor and, and timing and stuff like that, I'm like, I wish, I wish she was here and she was, she was zoomed, but the zoom wasn't working that night. Oh, so she, like, okay. 
So I had like she no, she saw the whole thing, but the audio kept and you Chris kept saying, Oh, we're trying to work on the audio and stuff like that. Did you no, you don't like me, Joe, so you didn't zoom in. Um but a bunch of a bunch of people (laughs) did and they were like they were kept bits and pieces here but i'm like yeah. I, you know because i had texted you it's like yeah you're you're your whole day and i met your wife after and it was great did you say that was your first 15 minute set yeah that yeah. night yeah i would have assumed that you have been doing 15 minute sets for absolutely in your sleep it kind of felt like you had to cut down a 30 minute set to do that uh, well i mean i like to talk so i could have probably kept going but you know um <laughs> Yeah, I think that, well, I was also a corporate trainer for, you know, for 20 years. I mean, that's still technically my profession. So that comfortability in front of people, like I already had that walking in the door. But yeah, you know, but going back to something that you said too, I mean, I, I now that you're talking about that, I think I, I also do that in my comedy too. Like I make, I make myself, it's like my own point of view is like myself is, the really terrible one right and it, it is, it's like that you're you're so you can't really you know get i don't want to say get in trouble with your spouse like i don't mean to sound like like i don't get in trouble but like but you know she will get in trouble yeah because well she'll but it's more of she'll come back and be like Mm-mm, that didn't work i told you i call her my wife and jerk my like and she'll, she'll be like oh you're gonna go up on set she was like i've heard these jokes a lot. I need to hear new material. She'll, she'll even like smack her hand. New material. Give me new material. So I have to see other I comics. <laughs> it's just I need to see other comics. Exactly. She's like, I need to. You know, this needs to be an open comedic relationship that we're in. <laughs> branch out. So, where can people follow you on the socials? And do you do you ever post your stuff? Do you ever post the thirty second clips or anything here, or do you keep that? Um, you got to come see me live, you bastards. Uh, no, you know what? I mean, I haven't yet, but you know, I because at first I I didn't like I I didn't think that was a thing to do, but I've been like, oh, other people do that. I guess I should do that. So yeah, I I will start posting more. Um, Lauren Caputo is funny. Um, is the my Instagram handle, and it's also the um, my wife gave me that name. So oh. I'm, I'm actually happy. Yeah. Cause she was, she was kind of like, Oh, she believes in me, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, and I will start, you know, posting more clips and things like that. I like to post um, things from our life a lot too, because I think it kind of like builds into the whole, you know, um, understanding of what my material is about to kind of get that glimpse under the hood. But no, I, I, I like that. I will send you some too. Cause yeah. Like, why am I holding it for who? um and 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 so what what so the next 90 days what's the highlight where do you want to be 90 days from now do you have like i want to do 30 minutes here or or i want to have a 30 minute set what 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 is uh what 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 is the biggest thing on your next 90 day cycle that you kind of want to hit that's that's a great question for i am auditioning to be an mc actually in two weeks. So I want to start emceeing because I actually think I would like it. Um, so that's number one. Um, and I do want to build, I mean, because all comedians are building to an hour, right? That's our, that's our spiel. Like that's our milestone. So 30 minutes is actually the next set. I think for me, I want to get an actual headlining gig too. Like, you know, I'm part of shows, but I haven't headlined a show yet. So I think, um, you know, they kind of go hand in hand, maybe not 30 minutes, but 20 minutes is usually, you know, the shows I've been, the headliners you're usually doing 15, 20. So, but yeah. No, the, the, the emceeing thing, we just had a guest on a few weeks ago um, and he's a big headliner in New England. Like every Saturday or Sunday, he's headlining something or he's hosting a big headlining show. And he got approached by a bunch of club owners that like no one wants to host everybody wants to be a comic so they get a comic reluctantly being a host first there's a, uh-huh. a different cadence and a skill set um, on august 27th i'm taking his hosting class because i also you know i think that's a fun thing to do like it's you know fun. and and i don't mean 
I'm gonna, you know, host and do my my stuff all the way through. Because and it came up in a conversation when I was talking with him that there's a Boston legend named Mike Donovan. He was just on Bill Burr's show promoting his book. I got his book. And I was reading it, and it was funny because I was talking to him just naturally in the conversation, talking about, oh, in Donovan's book, he says, hosting has become this lost art. And in the yeah. 70s and 80s, I used to get these great intros. And I had brought that up because I had just seen a show that he produced with a comedian here that I absolutely love, a headliner. And I wasn't saying oh, the host sucks, fire him. I was saying, hey, the host didn't do a great job. And the second guy wasn't really, the first guy was okay. The second guy kind of brought the room down. But this comedian that that Joe and I really like is Steve Bjork. My whole thing was he turned the room around in five seconds. Yeah. And it was, yeah. and, but that led into that hosting discussion. And we circled back to it. Um, and the same thing. It's like another comedian that we've had on who's great. A guy's name is Jim McHugh. He's the best crowd work guy. He has a special dry exactly. bar. Well, he does cruise ships. And he says the problem with the cruise ships is every host wants to be a comic. And they sign 12-week commitments to host. And just around week seven or eight, eight or nine, that they become good hosts, they're like, oh, as soon as this contract's over, I'm only going to come back as a comic. And then he, the first six or seven cruises he does after that, the hosts suck again. Um, but no, it's interesting to hear that that you're interested in that because that's a different career altogether. Yeah. And I think, you know, because again, I think it will, I want to get better at crowd work period. And to your point, you have to do crowd work. Like you have to hype up the crowd. You have to like, take what the other comedian just said and work it into your setup for something else. You got to bridge the two comedian, the two acts together. It's not just, otherwise it feels very disjointed. In fact, when I go up, every time I go up, no matter what I have, like you saw me, I, I always try to bring whatever somebody else just said into the first joke that I tell. So and I think it's fun because it's a like a mental gymnastics that you have to yes. do because you have to be on your toes. Like you can't just sit in the laurels of your own set, if that makes sense. And I, it, it makes it fun and interesting and things like that. So I think for me, like, you know, I don't know, you know, career wise, you know, but I do want to do it because I think it will help my um what's the word persona yeah. um, presentation brand. you know brand. I mean? brand. Yeah. yeah i think it will help me grow as a comedian it's 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 like one of those things so you do a lot of swimming if you got on the bike or, or the elliptical afterwards you you you're working a different muscle group but it's exactly. all under the cardio umbrella exactly exactly and any of these yeah. skills whether like we were talking earlier if you take an improv class even if you are a no but guy versus a yes and person yeah even if you kill the scene you're still learning you're, you're still working on something uh yes yeah. so no that was great uh we will post all anywhere else but instagram are you active on any of the other socials um I am on Facebook. I have to get on the TikTok. Everybody's telling me to get on the TikTok. I'm so like not good with the, I feel really old, but <laughs> I will. I promise people I'll get on TikTok, but Facebook is usually, I'm actually sad. I'm like almost ashamed to say that because you know who else is on Facebook? My 80 year old father. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the two platforms that I'm on right now. Well, you know what, what? What came out years ago? It's like, oh, there's this great app that lets you know which of your relives are racist. Oh, it's Facebook. And, you it's know, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. You know, Absolutely. but. but and I, I was, I was on Twitter forever. I was not on these things. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, when Joe and I started doing this, I, I kind of took over the, the the social media ish thing. But I've just been on Instagram for a while, and it's just because oh, I have kind of a fresh start on it, like six, seven months ago. My feed is nothing but comics, and because yeah. my little guy lives for European soccer, it's 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 European football clips and uh, and and comedians, and it's it's now kind of a fun place, you know, because that's all I have on it. I don't have yeah. the toxic, yeah. you know. I it, I don't know, guy. I'm on this new app called X, and it's <laughs> oh, pretty <laughs> rad. Um, you know, you get introduced to a lot of new 
ideas and religions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, how ironic is that like the average audience or the average age of TikTok users don't know how to read a clock? It's just like oh, you know, it's, like, you know, it's just like that's hysterical. TikTok, I, I, I it, they, you know, it makes it's the sound of a clock makes. I'm, I'm, you know, hey, I, this is not my. Yeah, I'm, I'm workshopping like some ideas. You know, you know what? I, I like that joke. I think you should lean into that. No, you don't. Then, I can, I, I can I, sense. I can, uh, I can hear, I can hear your wife yelling at me, going, yeah, nah, I, like I don't know. Keep working In on fact, that. I, I just called it the TikTok. So actually. I <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that that that's a Southern California thing. That because w back here, w what are the three big highways in New Jersey that you take from the airport to your parents' house? What tell me what the three roads are? Oh shit! Now you're gonna make me. I'm gonna sound terrible. Well, the Turnpike. Okay. So there's there's the White Horse Pike, the Black Horse Pike, um, the Jersey Atlantic Turnpike. City Expressway, Jersey Turnpike. Yeah. Well, I was out here. It's ninety three. It's four ninety five. But in L A. It's the four oh five, the yeah, one oh one. So the TikTok. Yeah. That that is just the vernacular. That's that's a California accent. I'm gonna tell you that you just saved me from crying in my ice cream tonight yeah. for feeling old. So thank you. You're, for my self-esteem uh lord thank you so much for talking to us about this um like i said i mean i we that night i saw you i i truly thought i i would have had no idea it was your first 50 minutes that you were hysterical like i said i wish like if there was something online or the next time my wife gets because she got one of the tourists is in la every few months um i of course already follow you on the social media again just clarifying like when you follow your wife to san francisco it's it's all it's all consensual but i will yeah. i will definitely you are somebody that i will definitely make sure that my friends who actually put on pants and leave the house now and then to go see somebody know when you're performing because i i really like your style of comedy oh well thank you so much it was great talking to you guys i had a lot of fun i appreciate it and so by the way by just the to way, reiterate oh so now you go this is my also my virginal podcast. You guys, you guys pop my uh, podcast cherry too. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Nice. <laughs> See, and like and like when you you know when you first lose your virginity, it was painful and embarrassing. <laughs> so it's just like anybody or tell anybody about it for sure no, right right See? and if you if you do tell anybody about it um, no look <laughs> that that look. I've been saying it forever, and, and you just proved it right. You just needed two straight white guys to, to get you over the hump. So, you know, you're welcome, I guess. There you go. There you go. I, that's going to – I'm sorry. You're going to show up in my next show. So there you go. <laughs> Lauren, this was absolutely fantastic. Uh, thank you very much, and um, enjoy your Friday evening. I couldn't remember okay. what day it was. <laughs> That's an issue I can't help you with, but it's been a blast, guys. It was great. It was great to meet you, Joe. Nice to meet you, too. Any Italians in the audience? Woo! Yeah. Where's the Italians? Raise your hand. All right. This guy right here, he could be a serial killer. And Italians are like, it's a fucking nice Italian guy. He's Italian. He's a good guy. Italians love being Italians above all else. And I didn't realize this, right, until I moved out west, and my dad came out. And my dad looks like Danny DeVito's actual twin. And uh, he was ordered, I took him out to eat, and he was ordered, and he was like, yeah, I want a hoagie with some gabagool, some bruschette, some gudekin, some bruschette, uh, some beefsteak tomatoes. And he's like, what's the matter with this guy? He doesn't understand my order. I'm like, you know what, dad? I got this. They do things a little bit differently here on the west coast. The gentleman with like a five dollar football. <laughs> Extra meat, extra cheese. 